Hello and welcome. Thank you for downloading this week's Sermon and Prayers of Intercession from the English Reformed Church Amsterdam. We hope you will enjoy what you are about to hear and that you will be blessed. Let us pray. Living God, present in our midst in bread and wine, be present, we pray, in your word. Speak and feed us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. It's often said that the book of Psalms contains the full range of human emotions. From great joy to deep despair. And including some sentiments that we might think ought to have no place in the Bible at all. And our psalm this morning is a very good example of this. And what I want to do for just a short while is simply to consider some of the feelings that are being expressed in this psalm. To begin with, there is despair. The psalm is set in that period of Old Testament history that we call the exile when the capital city of Jerusalem had been destroyed and many of its citizens taken away into captivity in Babylon. And there the exiles are grieving, weeping. By the waters of Babylon we sat down and wept. These are tears of defeat, tears of loss, tears of yearning for the past. We wept when we remembered Zion. We wept when we remembered home, when we remembered the good times before these desperate days of darkness. And the pain here is tangible and raw. And that makes this psalm a song of lament, a song of voiced, articulated hurt. And we're not always very good at that in the church. We are good at songs of praise and joy, songs that cheer us up, but joy and hope can sometimes come only when grief has been expressed and anger has been given free reign, and our bewilderment at God has been faced squarely. Only then can we move into a new place. And then along with grief and tears, there is humiliation here. The exile's captors were rubbing their noses in their defeat. Why don't you sing one of those nice songs of yours, they taunt. And of course, the catch is that the songs that they were thinking of were ones which extolled the God of Israel, songs which exalted God as the true and the living and the victorious God. And the defeat of exile mocked all those sentiments. Where is your great God now? And so to sing the Lord's song in this strange land was an act of humiliation. In more recent times, Jewish captives in the Treblinka death camp 
were forced to sing and dance just like this. And that too was a humiliation, mocking their beliefs, ridiculing their Jewishness. But then if we jump to the end of the psalm, we find sentiments that are frankly embarrassing and that we might wish were not here at all. Maybe it's because they've been humiliated. Perhaps it's because they've been mocked that the anger of the exiles is aroused. Anger that is poisoned with violence and the desire for vengeance. O daughter Babylon, you devastator, happy shall be they who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. And surely there's nothing very Christian about that, bashing the brains of babies against rocks. What is this doing in the Bible? Well, two things must be said. Firstly, these violent words do at least indicate a defiance in the Jews, a resistance, a refusal to be cowed and humiliated and defeated. Their spirit will not be bowed or broken, and that is crucial. But secondly, such violent and vengeful sentiments are like it or not, what we sometimes feel. They may not be what we should feel, not least as Christians, but this is realistic. And just as sometimes we need to lament and to grieve and to shake our fist at God before we can find any peace and comfort, So sometimes we need to recognize and to name the hatred and the vengeance and the violence that is in us before we can move to a better place. The poison must be exposed before it can be treated. And here in this psalm, it is being exposed. And so there is grief, humiliation, and vengeance in this psalm. But there's something more. There is hope, and this is the surprise. Despite all the pain and the shame, the psalmist can write, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth, if I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Now remember, at this point, Jerusalem is in ruins. It is rubble and ashes. It is gone. Its glories finished. Yet the psalmist still remembers it, rejoices in it, celebrates it, my highest joy. And this surely is an expression of hope and confidence. Jerusalem is down, but it's not out. It is shattered, but it is not finished. Jerusalem lives on. The psalmist may be in exile, but always there is hope of return and of homecoming. The psalmist in exile 
that his life is centered in Jerusalem as he remembers it. So here again is defiance, but defiance expressed now not in vengeance and violence, but in trust in the God of Israel, the God of Jerusalem. And so beyond grief and beyond humiliation and beyond hatred, there is hope. You see, the exiles could not sing for their captives. Their songs were silenced in public, and they hung up their harps. But I trust that far away from the enemy, they still met together, and they sang, and they lamented, and they remembered. And there together in their worship, in the presence of God, tangible even in exile, they processed their grief and their sorrow and their anger, and so they arrived at a more hopeful place. Well, that's what we do today at this table. We come with all our conflicting joys and sorrows, our hearts torn between love and hate, between forgiveness and vengeance, between hope and despair, between exile and homecoming. We are a tangle of emotions. And here Christ meets us in bread and wine. And here we remember with gratitude events long past but which still live on, a night in Jerusalem in an upper room. And here at this table we are centered centered in Christ. And here we find strength to live hopefully. Amen. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, please reply, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, present in exile, present in Jesus, we pray today for the world you love, but where people weep in pain and distress. As we have been thinking of exile and those far from home, we pray for those who have been forced to flee home and family and who are now adjusting to strange lands where they are seeking to settle. God, bless refugees and asylum seekers and those who work with them and seek their well-being, not least those associated with this church. Lord, in your mercy. And as we have been thinking of scenes of conflict and violence and the yearning for vengeance, we pray for a peaceful world, one where children and babies are protected and not threatened. O God, in a time of such chaos in countries in the world that are accustomed to stability and order, we pray for world leaders, for governments and parliaments, that they will be guided in ways that will bring prosperity for all and that will promote the common good. 
We pray especially today for the United Kingdom and the European Union in their negotiations and for the United States of America torn and divided over an impeachment process. O oh God, bring your rule of righteousness and peace. Lord, in your mercy. This past Friday was World Animal Day, and as we pray for peace between nations, we pray too for peace with nature and creation. And we pray for creatures threatened with extinction by human folly and for the humane treatment of animals, especially in the food industry. O oh God, may we respect our ties with all living beings and may we be just stewards of all that you have made. Lord, in your mercy. And now, God, as we come to your table, help us to come in peace, at peace with you, assured of your mercy and grace, at peace with those who may have offended us as we learn to forgive, at peace despite our losses and our sorrows, at peace in the midst of upheaval and change. Here, God, around this table, may we be centered in you and draw strength to live well. Lord, in your mercy. We pray all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.